Welcome to Talking with the Animals, an exploration of animal communication. Join animal communicator, craniosacral therapist, and NES practitioner Caroline Pope as she discusses how to understand other species as they truly are, not just from the human perspective. That's right, Mecco. Discover how communicating with our four-legged friends can open up a whole new world for both of you. And now, your host and Australia's most recognized and well-known animal communicator, Caroline Pope. Hello, and welcome to another episode of Talking with the Animals. I'm your host, Caroline Pope. Thank you for joining me. Hope everybody had a good Christmas and New Year. Now, I'm going to today chat about something that I've had a lot of complaints about in the last three, four weeks um, from animals. Now, basically today we're going to be talking horses and dogs rather than cats. Now, most of us, if we choose to go camping, um, we'll do so over Christmas and New Year simply because we have more time off. A lot of horse people that get Christmas holidays, be it from uni, two or three weeks off work, all those sorts of things, we all like to spend time in the great outdoors, particularly now that we can actually get out and the weather hasn't been too bad. But we often don't think of our four-legged companions. Now, don't get me wrong, they enjoy the time being spent with them. But the biggest complaint I've had from animals is pain. And this is because most dogs and um, horses really aren't generally worked up to a reasonable level of fitness. So, yeah, you might walk your dog a K or so a day, a couple of K for a few times a week. But, for example, it might always be on the flat. Now, walking on the flat versus Hill work, for example, is very, very different, much tougher on cardio, uses different muscles and so forth. Or people, particularly with silly season coming up and all the Christmas parties because we haven't had a chance to catch up with people for a while, dogs kind of been left to do its own thing. Then people decide they're either all going to go out and walk the dog for miles, get the kids to play with the dog, throw the tennis ball, whatever, exhaust it, or they're going to go camping, going hiking, and they expect the dog to keep up. Now, the dog will keep up because that's what dogs do. But dogs will not show signs of pain or weakness. That's hardwired into their DNA because in the wild they'd be pulled down by other pack members. So in the same way, if you suddenly go to one of those boot camps and yeah, get really worked hard, You pull up really sore the next day. Your dog does too. But people aren't realising or aren't thinking ahead. If you know you're going camping at Christmas or Easter and your dog's going to be running around in the hills, start doing some conditioning beforehand. Two or three times a week, go out, make the effort and go up the hills together. You'll both then enjoy it more. And also, if a lot of people find their dog um, is blind, generally Christmas or Easter, because most of us do the same half a dozen walks, 
most of the time. So if the dog is going blind, it's still familiar surroundings. Take it somewhere completely different and that's when people realize, oh, dog can't see. The eye doctors get many, many more after Christmas and Easter holidays for that reason. Now you think if you realize on day one that your dog can't see and you're camping or out somewhere different for two weeks, how incredibly traumatic that is for the dog. Again, do your preparation beforehand. And if you do find that your dog's got problems, at least you can either choose not to go or make alternate arrangements that will keep your four-legged friend happy. In the same way with horses, uh, people haven't been doing much and then all of a sudden they decide they want to do pony club or eventing or whatever. And these are people that generally ride on weekends. And with the weather we've had over winter and spring this year, they haven't always been able to do that if they haven't had access to an indoor arena because it's simply been too wet. Same analogy as the boot camp. Horse hasn't been doing much and all of a sudden people are expecting this poor horse to do collected work that its body's not ready for. And as with us, if you're trying to do a job that your body really isn't equipped, conditioned and trained for, this is when you're going to pull muscles and do damage to yourself for something that really shouldn't happen in the first place. If you want, no, you want to go riding, um, go up the hills, for example, um, do a couple of three-day clinics, you work up towards that. It's completely unfair. And again, your horse will do it. Your horse will do it for you. But no horse should be asked to do something at the expense of its health because the rider hasn't had the preparation or hasn't made the preparation time. Now, if you know you want to go away for a 10-day ride, great. But you work that horse three or four times a week for a couple of months beforehand minimum. Build them up to it. It's no different to you doing boot camp you get sore, you pull muscles, you get grumpy. And of course, often, particularly with um, some of the pony types, they will change their top line and their saddle needs changing. And that is particularly true if you're used to doing, say, flat and dressage type work, and all of a sudden you're up the high country climbing hills. What you may have got away with before you won't. Your saddle will slide. Your horse will have problems. All these things need to be found out and worked out beforehand in order for your horse, as well as you, to enjoy. And with floating, so many horses say they haven't done any um, training and then all of a sudden the owner expects a horse to walk straight on within three minutes or they'll be late to a show. Don't set your horse up to fail. Get a float four or five weeks beforehand or borrow some. Do your float loading. Do a trip around the block. Get them used to it. If they haven't floated for six or 12 months, you need to know that they're happy, comfortable and relaxed. Just because they'll go on doesn't mean they're comfortable. And no, not all horses enjoy floating. I get that. But minimize. Don't set yourself up to fail and give yourself plenty of time. The horses will feel it if you're uptight and running late. Hour of thumb is always at least allowed two extra hours beforehand. If you get there early, fabulous. 
if there's traffic breakdown or your horse doesn't want to get on, that way at least you know you've got plenty of time. Again, it's plan ahead. And this is what I'm asking you to do for both your horses and dogs, your four-legged friends, because so often we expect them to fit in with our lifestyle and they do. But so very often it's at the animal's expense. And all you need is a little bit of forethought, a little bit of planning, and both you and your animal friends will have a fabulous time because you're both ready for your next big adventure. Thank you for listening to this episode of Talking With The Animals. As always, remember to like and subscribe. Feel free to leave comments and reviews. And I'd love to hear from you. Reach out and drop me a line. Thank you to everybody that made contact with me after losing Swagman. Poor guy, wasn't a fun journey, but never mind. Onwards and upwards as the saying goes. And fairly soon, I think I'll be telling you about my new four-legged companion. Take care as always. Remember, enjoy yourselves and talk with the animals. Thank you for listening to Talking With The Animals. To learn more about Caroline and the services she provides, visit caroline-pope.com. You can also find her on Facebook at Caroline Pope Animal Communicator CST and NES Therapy. Are you ready to change the way you see your world and the animals in it? Well, we know his answer. Don't forget to subscribe and see you next time.